everyone. Welcome to the Living with Power Hope podcast. My name is Lena Abajamra and I am your host. It's exciting to have you back. If you are listening for the first time, we want to welcome you especially. And if you have been a longtime listener, then we are grateful for you. Uh, we are in a leadership edition series and we are towards the end of it. So if you want to catch it back, go to the iTunes Living with Power Hope podcast and you'll find all of the episodes there or you can download our app, at the Living with Power app, uh, our website, livingwithpower.org. Tons of resources for you to browse through, to learn uh, about the Lord through. And we hope that it's a blessing to you. And we hope that you are uh, leaving comments and sharing uh, these episodes with your friends. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about spiritual disciplines that every leader needs. Spiritual disciplines that every leader needs. And uh, if you uh, are, uh, if you at all have spent time in the church, or maybe you grew up in a Christian home, then you uh, hear the word disciplines and you probably have some kind of like gut reaction, good or bad. I don't know. Maybe you're in the corner seizing right now, but but you grew up being told to read your Bible every day, to pray every day. And so you can be a little bit cynical about the, the disciplines. In fact, you might be in a time and in a in a, in a zone in your life where you just think, man, the last thing I want to focus on right now is disciplines. It's so rules-oriented. Uh, you're missing it if that's your heart about it. Uh, we need the spiritual disciplines. They're the only way for us to fill our minds with what is good and, uh, and to focus our attention and to renew our faith day in, day out. But I don't want to talk about spiritual disciplines today as in, you know, three, you know, five things you need to do. And if you do them right, then God is pleased with you and he's going to answer all your prayer requests and he's going to give you all the things that you want. I think uh, looking at the spiritual disciplines as a sort of contract with God, like, God, I did my part now. I need you to do yours. That will bring you nothing but grief. It will bring you nothing but um, uh, frustration and a sense of duty. And there's nothing worse than doing things out of duty in the Christian life. First of all, it doesn't honor God. It's a weight and, 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 and it turns into obligation. And I just think about in my life, like if somebody, if I was going to move and and someone showed up and said, well, I'm here to help you move because somebody told me I had to, you know, I'd be like, get out of here. I don't want you to do that. So think about it. Like you just, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, yet I'm here talking to you about spiritual disciplines as leaders because we need them. And if you're still tuning into the leadership series, it's because you want to be a stable, God honoring, fruitful, joyful leader. And uh, whether your primary gift is leadership or not, uh, you might have applied a lot of the principles that we've talked about, principles that we've learned from Jesus, and you can see the change. I can see the change when I'm in the zone of obedience and in the zone of paying attention to what how Jesus lived and, and asking the Spirit of God to change me in those ways. And so um, I want to give you three spiritual disciplines today that might not be like the most, you know, not, they're not, not obvious, but, you know, you might be expecting, well, I need to read my Bible, I need to pray, I need to journal, I need to meditate, I need to fast, you know. God help us. You know, you're just exhausted by the time your list is done. But but I want to give you three disciplines that that are essential. And if you um, are like me and you can sometimes get on a treadmill pace in life and you've got a lot to do and you're good at doing it because you're a leader, um, then if you're not intentional in these spiritual disciplines, they won't get done. And if they won't get done, slowly your soul will erode, which will lead to the deconstruction of your faith. Maybe not day by day, but year by year. So in a sense, these are lifelines. It's like you're drowning and someone throws you a lifeline. Okay, three of them. Spiritual disciplines every leader needs. Number one, solitude in an age of noise. All right? Um, I think it's Dallas Willard who talks about this spiritual discipline of solitude. It's been essential to to discipleship, to growing in Christ. And 
and uh, and isn't it true? Now, many of you hear solitude, and you're a people person. Now, I, I'm an introvert, admittedly. I like being alone. Um, I know that comes as a surprise. It's, I'm one of those intro extroverts. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm whatever I am. But but you might be like, you're a leader. You're in front of people all the time. The last thing you want to be is be alone. Now, I'm not talking about solitude the same as loneliness. I'm not even talking about solitude as the same as being alone. It's not. Solitude is a spiritual discipline that attunes you to the presence of God in your life. And it might take... Uh, some exercising, some growth, learning how to tune into God. I find it extremely obtrusive to go from the noise of the world and social media and demands and activities to all of a sudden I sit down, open my Bible, and I'm supposed to connect with God? You think about it. That's what we do. We open our phones, we check Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, that's my three. Then I, you know, go to my emails, refresh. Then once every couple of weeks, I check my bank account. You know, like it's like you go through your ritual of what you check on your phone. Then I read my devotionals and then I open my Bible. And what? I need to be like, okay, get on the page of God. Like it doesn't work. So that many of us go to have our quiet times and we leave and we kind of go, wait, what did I just do? A, we don't remember what we just read. B, we don't feel rejuvenated because we haven't really met with the Lord. Oh, you've done your quiet time. And it might be off your to-do list, but you have zero encounter with the living God. And I've learned, uh, I've observed that in my life over the last couple of years, this ability to consistently do my quiet time, but not meet with God. And it has caused me, uh, it has brought enough pressure, God has brought enough pressure in my life uh, to pay attention to that. And now I'm on a path of changing it. And so I'm learning how to be alone with God again, to tune in to the Almighty. And I've had to use some spiritual disciplines of exercises. Of a, somebody just t- tuned me into this book by Adele Calhoun, Spiritual Disciplines Handbook, Practices That Transform Us. It's a big book with many disciplines. I'm starting with a chapter of slowing down and that little exercises that she gives you of getting into the presence of God and learning how to, 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 to practice solitude. Okay, And there are I have found in the course of a day, I need to build in two or three touch points uh, with the Lord. Ten minutes, not, it doesn't have to be really long, but just short amounts of time during the day where I stop, I breathe in, breathe out, do whatever it is that you need to do to tune in with the Lord. And so uh, a lot of books that help you do that, I mentioned Pete Scazzaro. He's got the uh, uh, Daily Offices little book that he has, little morning and evening devotionals. Uh, if you do his his course, um, I feel like I'm a promo for Pete Scazzaro, but I really like this guy's stuff. Uh, anyway, you got to practice solitude. It is learned over time. It takes time to develop, and it is a practice of getting intimate with God. Listen, I yearn. Our souls are made to yearn for God. Okay? That's what St. Augustine meant when he said, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. That's the whole John Piper mantra of saying, you know, um, that, that what brings out glory to God is it's the joy in him. Like there's great joy in, and it glorifies God when we truly love his presence. And I butchered the John Piper statement. I'm sorry, but I'm sure many of you are quoting it. But it's, it's, the, um, uh, it's the old uh, statement of, of the faith. But as somebody will text an email to me. Uh, I didn't give you my email earlier. It's lena at livingwithpower.org. You can send me emails, questions. We'll talk about that at the end too. All right. Solitude in the age of noise. You see how distracted we are? I just showed that to you. Uh, yeah, we go on tangents. We don't want to go on tangents. We want to train our minds to be present with the Lord uh, multiple times in the course of the day so that we become eventually practicing the presence of God um, 
uh, like Brother Lawrence wrote about years ago. So here's another spiritual discipline. Second, prayer in the age of action. Prayer in an age of action. We are like action heroes. We are constantly on the go, and we have been taught, especially in the American culture, that the more we get done, the better we are, and the more results, and the more to-do lists, so that if someone asks you, have you ever been in a season where you don't have a lot going on? I, I've just come into that, or I've just been living in that season. I know to you guys it might seem like I'm always doing a lot, but really, in a general pace, our calendar has been slower the past three months and moving into um, the last, the, the first half of the year. It's just been a bit of a slower pattern, and a lot of what God is teaching me needs time to soak in and build into me. God is building into me, but, 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 um, but, but when people would ask me six months ago, like, oh, hey, what do you have going on in the ministry? I'll confess to you. I was ashamed to say to them, well, nothing. And really, I used the term shame. It was, it's the truth. It's like I felt like, like I had to make an excuse for it. And, and, and then one day you wake up and you realize, like, wait, who, who created that? I mean, think about Jesus. I mean, he would go off, leave the crowd. And I think it's a, um, uh, there's a verse here. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Uh, Luke 5, 16, was it? Or I can't, uh, I have it here. Hang on. Uh, I'll find it here in a second. But where Jesus would, uh, uh, actually it's, uh, yeah, it is Luke 5, 16. Uh, hold on a second. I'm going to get that verse. Yeah, Luke 5, 16. It says, uh, like, I'll give you an example. But now, even more, verse 15 says, But now, even more, the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. Talking about Jesus. He was healing people. Crowds were coming to him. He was, like, in the sweet spot of leadership. He's, like, on this meteor rise. And you say, how did Jesus respond? Verse 16, but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. All right? Jesus would leave the crowd in the middle of the party. Why? To spend time in prayer. Why? Because he understood that prayer is the language of the believing. And further, prayer is the language of, of, of sonship, of a daughtership. It, it, is, it is the way for us to build intimacy. We're talking about solitude. Solitude and prayer are like two sides to a coin. And, uh, and that time of prayer, again, you, often people talk about practicing the Sabbath. You need, you need like a day to lead into the practice of the Sabbath because it's like our souls are so noisy. And now we get into how do you pray if you haven't quieted down and, and listened in. And so prayer is just as much about listening as it is about talking. And prayer is just as much an act of faith as your salvation is. Have you ever thought about that? You're praying by faith. Uh, you know, it's funny. Y'all know this. This isn't new, but of all the things that the disciples could have asked Jesus to teach them, in Luke 11, it says, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. He didn't say, Lord, teach us to lead, or Lord, teach us to love, or Lord, teach us to give. No, they yearned to commune with the Father like Jesus did. And, uh, oh, man, I'll tell you, we need help in our prayer lives. I have long said prayer is almost non-existent in a majority of the church. I really believe that. I really believe many Christians never pray except two minutes before a meal when, when guests are over, uh, Christian guests are over. Uh, or at Christmas, even at Christmas, you're hard-pressed to pray. And um, I want to encourage you, if you are a prayer warrior and you have hit a season where you're praying and nothing is happening, prayer that's unanswered does not mean that God is silent or not listening. God loves you. 
He's at work, even when you can't see it. If you want an encouragement, you do. Uh, I have a teaching. Uh, I do these morning minutes, which is basically teaching through books of the Bible. One of them is on the book of Esther. And the entire book never mentions the word of the name God. Like until the very end, you see this deliverance. But the entire book, God's presence is palpable. But you see that study I did is a great study if you're in a season where you're living your life faithfully, you're praying, but nothing is happening. Just because God isn't obviously working doesn't mean that he's not at work. And I want you to be encouraged by that. So uh, don't give up on time alone with him. Don't give up on prayer. Just keep praying. Uh, just keep knocking on the judge's door. And, 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 and God is answering. And someday it will make sense to you. So spiritual disciplines every leader needs. Solitude in the age of noise. Prayer in the age of action. And thirdly, depth in the age of superficiality. Depth in the age of superficiality, all right? Uh, we are a superficial culture. If you don't believe me, turn on Twitter, and you will see all sorts of nonsense. If you don't want Twitter, go to Facebook or, or to Instagram. I mean, we have built careers out of colors of walls and commentary on award shows and football games, and you name it, we can belabor on it and fight about it and theorize on it and oh my goodness and and we try to make it even substantial but 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 we're still superficial um, I think about Jesus and all the conversations that are recorded in scripture and and there's only one episode where he kind of talks about the weather <laughs> now I'm not saying he didn't talk about the weather I mean they were boaters these guys were fishermen I'm sure they talked about the weather but but it makes me laugh because that only conversation is when he actually tells the Pharisees and the Sadducees this whole red skies at night, sailors delight, red skies in the morning, sailors take warning. It's in Matthew 16, verse 2 through 4. And even there, he uses the weather to drive a spiritual point home and to tell them that they were evil, asking for a sign. And how So he makes this strong spiritual application through conversation about the weather. Jesus did not small talk. I really think it was not common for him to small talk. There was always a point to the words that he uh, said. And now, again... I, I'm not saying, like, we're human. I get it. And maybe he did. And we, I, I'm not, I don't want to, this is not a, a, a paper on whether Jesus small talked or not. I'm just saying there is a depth to Jesus. It doesn't take a genius to read through the Gospels to see that he would, lived with a sense of urgency, a sense of seriousness, a sense of what's truly important in this life. And he just hit that and did it lovingly. And did it well again and again and again. We need to be, as Christian leaders, people of depth, not superficiality. Love people well. Don't always joke around, kid around, everything is there. You know, oh my goodness, like, is there space for that? Sure. But, but if you don't balance it with depth, you say, how do you build this depth? You've got to pour into your soul. You cannot feed on tweets and expect to be deep. I don't care if everyone you follow on Twitter is a great father of the faith. You still cannot produce depth by reading 140 characters. It doesn't work this way. You cannot read, like, you know, little, you know, whatever. I don't know. I just, I just I think you understand what I'm trying to say. In order to develop, to develop depth, here's a thought. You'll need to develop a strategy for depth. Think through, what are you going to read this year? 
How are you going to read them? What courses are you going to take or conferences are you going to attend that are going to fill you and deepen your heart and commitment to God? In order to develop depth, you'll need to stay committed to this, to this concept of developing. And sometimes it might mean reading things that might not be as exciting as the newest Netflix binge series. You know, it sometimes demands a sacrifice. Read for transformation. Read slowly. Read things that might challenge your thinking and... Um, and when you live for that sort of depth, you're living against the grain. So don't expect everybody else in your world to be like, oh, yeah, you know. By the way, even the book clubs, if you look at what most people are reading book clubs, I mean, sometimes the books are deeper than others, but by and large, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. There was a book recently on Twitter everybody was talking about, and they had this tweet up, and I read it in a, in a day and a half, and I mean, I was like, really? This... And, 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 and look, you might, I mean, if I told you the book, you might have loved it. I mean, there's obviously room for debate. I'm not saying, I mean, what you might find deep, I might not. I'm not, I'm just saying my soul needs a certain diet. And I know what that diet is. And that diet, it's like exercising. It's not always fun. It's not like always like biking, fun bike ride, or, you know, sometimes I'll go out walking and it's sort of a fun exercise. But if I really want to keep exercising for health and to keep my weight down and to keep my heart rate up, then it's work. And I'm sweating. And there's a strategy and I've got to hit it whether I feel like it or not. And so building your life for depth demands that. All right? And you need it spiritually in the books of the Bible. And you need it. And that might mean memorizing scripture. It's, it's hard to do. Um, this year I'm, I bought this uh, John MacArthur read through the Bible. Uh, 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 the Bible and, and, and at the beginning of it he has uh, two or three verses per week. And that's all I'm working on. Two or three verses per week. I can't handle more. And so I know my limits, I know what I need, and now, but I'm getting them, those verses. And I'm, on, I'm just early in the stages, but it's growing. By the end of the year, I'll have 52 sections, whereas last year I had none, you know. So again, uh, I'm, I mean, I know where my weaknesses are, and I need to grow in them. I need to develop depth, depth of soul, depth of strength and resiliency. And it happens when you grow in the spiritual disciplines of solitude in the age of noise, Prayer in the age of action and depth in the age of superficiality. Haven't you seen how they all build on each other? Okay, you cannot grow in depth without solitude and without. Uh, you will not grow in in that solitude in, in feeling intimacy with God without prayer. So one builds on the next, builds on the next. All right. So here here's a challenge to you. What are you going to work on this year in terms of your spiritual disciplines? Uh, pick one. It doesn't have to be these three. It can be other disciplines. I highlighted these three. They're essentials. I would actually challenge you. Pick one of these three if not all three of them, and just build a simple strategy of integrating them. It may be, the solitude one might be a once a week thing. The prayer thing might, you know, maybe a twice a day thing, but shorter durations where you're really tuning into God. The depth thing, it might be a reading plan. What are you going to read for depth this year? So make a plan, write it down, tell someone. Tell who? Tell me. Email me, lena at livingwithpower.org. Say, here's my resolve. I'm going to read. 12 books this year, real books, books that will challenge me, that will push me, a variety of books. I just said 12 to make it easy for you. It might be three books a month. I don't know. You know what you need to grow. It might be memorizing one passage of scripture a month. Stick to it. Find someone in your circle of friends or tell me, hey, as usual, share this with someone you love. Write a review if you can. I don't know. Do what you... All of those things that we encourage you to do because we believe that people everywhere have similar struggles. And we really believe that there's hope in the Word of God and hope in the person of Jesus Christ. And so we want to point people to that. So if you're finding that hope renewed, um, let not this episode on disciplines weigh you down. Let it 
encourage you to know that there is a way to connect and feel intimacy with God, the Father, and the Son, Jesus Christ. The Spirit of God is waiting to help you develop that intimacy. So let's make a plan to it and have an awesome day. I love you guys and we'll catch ourselves uh, together. We'll meet back up uh, in a week, hopefully.